Hello and welcome to Jam Presents, a podcast series by me, Mike Groves, and a good mate of mine, Jason Cripps. In this third series of Jam Presents, we go back to 2013 and follow guests of the Rue Manor as they try to figure out who done it. In this fifth episode, we go outdoors to find out what that horse had against Ulysses. Who done it? Episode five. We've had a short break between recording episode four and this episode, so initially I was a bit worried that we might find it hard to get back into. Not the case, though. This episode was an absolute corker. As with every episode, we start with a previously on Who Done It by Giles, who puts the show into context that 13 guests entered the Rue Manor, one of whom is the killer. We are reminded of Don's death in the last episode, and that Ulysses and Cam had picked up a scared card as they failed to determine how Don was killed. As we saw at the end of the last episode, it was Ulysses who became the killer's latest victim, meaning there are just eight guests left. Cam, Ronnie, Gino, Melina, Sasha, Dana, Lindsay and Chris. We've seen the divide between the two groups get bigger over the last few episodes, and this episode is no exception. What I would say is that off the back of the murder game, it's refreshing that it isn't a battle of the sexes. It's very much the clashes of personality and who stuck with who from the beginning. Especially the, the two bigger personalities in it, like Cam and Gino. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's I think it's a good thing, though, that there isn't battle of the sexes because the men are seriously outnumbered. Yeah, them. definitely. And but what, what makes it work as well is that this is day by day. This is so fresh. I mean, they've only been there four days at yeah. this point. No, exa- absolutely. It's not like they're living with each other for weeks or anything no, like so that. No, so, yeah, there's no, there's no time between these murders to gain any other relationship. No. Well, you know, or, or very little time. So if you're in a team the day before, chances are you're going to be in the same team the next day. I, th- I think also, yeah, the, the, the fact that it's a chance to win $250,000 and you've got nine or 10 days to do it in, you're not going to care who you're making friends with as long as they're giving you the information. Yeah. This episode begins as the last one ended, with a flock of birds scaring the horses as Ulysses' limp body is carried into the woodland and thrown into a ditch. Did you think it was the, the fact that did the horse have to really fall over as well? I know, I know. I I We've I trained this horse to throw someone off and roll over. You're like, yeah. yeah. Could yeah have just, the stuntman could have just rolled off, couldn't he? It's a bit long way down, isn't it, for a horse? Yeah. Is that a stuntman then? I'd have thought so. There's no way Ulysses can be. No. Nah. It makes you think, though, how are they filming this? Because all the others are in the background, aren't they? I'm not sure. I think it's Ulysses' it body gets led away. And then you see him just fall off. And then he's yeah, led there maybe with... The, yeah, okay. Yeah. The group get led away from the scene of the crime and we see clips of the guests. Cam, as expected, is happy that it wasn't him that got taken by the killer. The fact that Ulysses just died is good news for me because it means that I'm going to live and I'm that much closer to winning the $250,000. Giles, in his cowboy getup, explains to the group that Ulysses won't be getting back into the saddle and now they need to decide where they'd like to investigate. The crime scene, the outdoor morgue, or Ulysses' last known whereabouts, the stables. He loves an outdoor morgue at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah. That's I mean, what's second, happening, what's, what's happening with the indoor morgue? Too far away. Just too far away. Even from that tree that Adriana was in. Yeah. That's more than 100 yards. We're not going to carry a body. Just bring everything out to it instead. <laughs> Just contaminate everything. It's fine. Giles gives them time and says that he'll now run off into the woods to take a tinkle as they make up their minds. I will now run off into the woods to take a tinkle so you can make your decisions. I will return shortly. Gino begins conspiring immediately, 
figures that if they can get one of Cam's team to switch sides, that will leave the two remaining members exposed and they'll be getting scared cards later on. Chris suggests that she wants to go to the last known whereabouts because she grew up around barns and horses. You know why that is, don't you? That's because Daddy bought her a horse and Daddy also bought this mansion that they're now living in. <laughs> the murder mansion, yeah. Do you know, I did think that. I thought well, she, she, she grew up around, uh, around horses because this is her stable. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Ronnie and Sasha head into the last known whereabouts. Melina, Dana and Lindsay head into the outdoor morgue, leaving Cam and Gino to go to the crime scene. We first follow Cam and Gino as they head to the crime scene. Not a lot to look at immediately, other than the horse Ulysses was riding. They check the saddlebags and Gino has the fright of his life. And his reaction is golden as he jumps away from the horse as, as he lays eyes on the snake in what's important later, the left hand saddlebag. Cam being brave, takes the saddle off the horse and releases the snake. He has a good look in first though, doesn't he as well? Yeah, he does. But I'm not sure. Like, He's just like, I'll take this off and empty it. I wonder if like the producer's like, no, don't, don't do that. Well, don't this is it because snake. even Gino, I think, mentions it's someone's pet. the fact that he, he chucked the snake down quite close to the horse. I don't know if that's a good idea around a horse. <laughs> Imagine if that snake went for the horse then. Got a double murder. <laughs> They, uh, they only get a glimpse of the snake's markings and notice that it's red on black and believe that it's poisonous. You would, though, because it's quite, it's quite bright as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's something Poison. that we've always been taught. Most We're not familiar snakes. with snakes, but... Yeah. Anyway, they believe it's poisonous. I'm going to point out at the moment that no snakes are poisonous. Snakes are venomous. So they, they go into a lot of detail about poison and stuff. Poison is ingested, so if you eat something and it kills you... You eat a then... snake, then? If you eat a snake, is that poisonous? No, because it's it's venom has to be administered into your blood because if it goes into your stomach, then your stomach your hydrochloric acid would neutralize or destroy the the venom. I believe that's the case. If you eat a snake, you won't die. But if you if you get bitten by a snake, that's venomous. You will because it goes into the blood. Awesome. Prove me wrong. Someone tell us if anyone's <laughs> prove, died. Prove from me you. wrong. What? Eat a snake. <laughs> eat a snake now. <laughs> prove it. Eat a venomous snake, but don't let it bite you on the way down. Yeah. Um, the colour of the snake actually does come back to bite them hey, later. I thought that was quite clever because it seems like each member has such a small bit they need. They literally need to d discuss this. It's a bigger puzzle, isn't it? In it's the, a massive it's, puzzle, it's, yeah. It's incredible. It, it relies really on everybody good. sharing information yeah. more than any other puzzle before Yeah, it. more than any of these so far. Once they'd released the snake, they went on to discover a container that housed birds. This was attached to a tripwire and it becomes clear that the birds were released as the horses triggered the tripwire as the group approached it. That's all we learned from that scene initially. At the outdoor morgue, we see Dana, Melina and Lindsay as they unzip the body bag to uncover Ulysses' body. I wonder how long he's zipped up in there for. It's going to be hot, isn't it? Now, yeah, it's only quick where the camera pans around and they start unzipping. So it may have been just a fraction of a second before he was actually out in the open and breathing. And they were like, I'll oh, cover your face. We're turning the camera around. Yeah, but why, why don't they do that with the, the people in the morgue? Yeah, because it's so hot. Do you think they got like fans on him or something? They, perhaps they've put him in a body bag because um, less likely to get um, sunburn for being out too long. Sun, sun, sunburn or bit by a snake. <laughs> Initially, they are perplexed as there are no apparent marks to suggest a cause of death. As the body is giving them no clues, they look at the plaque that's been hung up. It shows the difference between poisonous and non-poisonous flora and fauna. We're given massive clues into the cause of death here as we see the pink oleander flower is poisonous and the scarlet king snake that we've just seen at the crime scene is not they're very similar <laughs> yeah oh yeah they are but because these guys at the morgue don't get to see the flower or the actual snake snake yeah then it, it does bring it all together like you say they, they need to communicate a lot better than they actually do later on 
As they roll Ulysses over, they see marks on his back. They're probably just spots, the poor sod. He's just got a couple <laughs> of spots in his back, but they, they really focus on those. As Melina and Lindsay step away from the table, Dana notices two puncture marks in Ulysses' leg and decides not to mention anything. I see this like fang bite on Ulysses' lower right calf. The other two did not see it. I'd want to get the genes before somebody else does and just kind of confirm that what I think is on the lower right calf is actually what's on the genes. She does really well to get away with that, I think. What with the trousers? Yeah. Well, no, that was just the leg. And then she goes on to look at the genes and doesn't want to draw attention to the holes in the leg. And manages to just hold them. Hold them in them. such a way. Yeah, that's very clever. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. We then move on to the last known whereabouts. Ronnie's there, but Sasha and Chris are immediately arguing over whether or not the horses are named after Greek or Roman gods. All Roman gods. They're Greek gods. These, are, these aren't Greek, Zeus are they? It's Greek. This is all just to just for Chris to shed some light on her not being the killer because she knows they're Greek. She's saying, oh, I think they're Roman, just to show that they're not her horses. Yeah. They're all her horses. As they all come up to her and start, like, <laughs> licking her. Nuzzling into her. <laughs> One of the horses wasn't named after a Greek god, but a flower, Oleander. To be honest, I'd have never picked that up. I'd have just assumed Oleander was a Greek god that I'd Same. never heard of. Same. 100%. <laughs> Sasha is lucky to be on this track. She grew up in Carolina where oleander flowers once grew. Growing up in South Carolina, my mom had oleanders growing in our front yard. And I remember her also telling me that they're poisonous. That's the equivalent of us knowing that those little red berries that the bird eat, or that the birds eat in the winter will give us tummy ache, or that, <laughs> or that dock leaves will relieve stinging oh, nettle rashes. It won't be spit on it. <laughs> Don't get stung by a stinging nettle. I thought you'd have to spit on a dock leaf and rub it in jizzle. <laughs> Why would you have that oleander? coming through a window into a horse. That a horse can eat. Yeah, yeah, right. The horse will eat anything in front of it. That, you know, is that where they fell over? <laughs> it was like poisoned as well. We'll get a tweet saying, oh, Oleander isn't actually poisonous to horses, just humans. Some deep whodunit lore. <laughs> we see the hammer and finishing nails, and those are initially dismissed. What's a finishing nail? Did you think that? I did. And when is it was. It, it's got like a diamond on the top or something. Does it look, <laughs> look a lot better than normal so, nails? So I Googled it and it's. It, you did Google then. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not stupid. No, you're not stupid. I did Google it. The reason I looked into it was because I thought, there's Chris saying that she grew up with horses and barns. And if these are used by farriers or horseshoe people, I think they're called yeah. farriers, then surely she should know about that. But then I actually looked, it's like carpentry and stuff. And I think it's the difference between like tack nails and finishing nails. These are the ones that you can leave in the tops of floorboards because they... They're so, yeah, the they profile. Can, yeah. yeah. Again, tweets might come in saying, utter rubbish, Shut mate. Finishing up. nails are not what that is. I did think as well that on the subject of finishing nails, if it ends up being Chris, the killer... Yeah. which we've always suspected from day one, and we should just do this full-time as detectives. There's no way she's reaching that hammer and finishing nails upon that. Yeah, they were quite high. Like I think even Ronnie, I have to look again, I think even Ronnie sort of had to stretch. Mm. And Chris is tiny. But um, she probably used that stool that they used later on in the shed of snakes. She just <laughs> used that to stand on it and put them up there. That's true. What I would say is that, that Chris actually, we're moving forward a little bit, but I'll, we'll come back, but... Chris mentions when they when they regroup, Chris says, oh, there was a, there was a tin of 10 finishing nails. A pack of 12. Yeah, exactly. If you'd have opened that, then there would have been eight left. If it said 10 on the packet, yeah. or as you say, it's a pack of 12. And there she knew. Left. She knew she took two out. There was definitely something I, in that. You know, this there? is what I'd love at the end, if there was little bits like that all the way through. 
like if Ronnie opened them and knew, like encountered, but there's something there that told, like she was literally dripping information to him. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got something along those lines later on that she says in particular, and I'm like, Ooh. what? She was naming all the snakes when she went to the shake snake shed. <laughs> it is, it is the snake shed bit. <laughs> yeah, it is. So anyway, Ronnie then spots the urn with a pestle and mortar in it, along with some ground up oleander flowers. He thinks he does well to hide them from Chris as he stashes them underneath the pestle and mortar, which I thought was sneaky, but brilliant. Not quite brilliant enough though, because Chris sees exactly what he's doing yeah. and finds out herself what's, for herself what's in the urn. I see Ronnie kind of lingering around this spittoon. He's not saying anything, but he looks like he found something. It doesn't help though, that the pestle and mortar are made of glass and that she can just see straight through to the petals underneath. Now, before we go on, Pestle and mortar, or mortar and pestle. Now, I've had a look online, and it seems to be a British versus American thing, from what I can tell. Tomato, tomato. Oh, no, tomato, you, tomato. You said the same thing twice. <laughs> That's because it's tomato. <laughs> Aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, for those interested, I did also look at what was what, because I've always called it a pestle and mortar. Yeah, pestle and mortar. So... The mortar is the bowl yeah. and the pestle is the blunt object that you use for grinding. Yeah. But if you'd have put one or the other in front of me, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. I'd have gone, that's ant or deck. Um, <laughs> that's very British. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Uh, for the people in the US that are listening that don't know who ant and deck are. At the end of the three tracks, they regroup and Giles gives them time to discuss their findings. He sorted them out some old-fashioned cowboy lunch, cold cuts. Again, had to look that up. It's cold meats. I assumed it was, but actually he goes, yuck, I think. He might say yum, but I thought he said yuck. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, if that's like cured meats and things, that's... That sounds nice. That's, that does sound nice. Cold cuts. Yuck. Why, but they, each lunch was in... An individual bag as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Which so is very strange. Their names were on the bags. I'm assuming that maybe some are gluten intolerant vegan. or yeah. vegan or whatever it may be, so that they had to put their names on. But what my, my mind, mind started racing, and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, there are still loads of people left. Cam's going to go. Cam's going. Cam's going to pick up that bag with his name on, and that's going to have the ground up flowers. And I thought... Ulysses had died from a snake bite and that Cam had died from the flowers and then that was going to be the big thing at the end. Not the case though. Cam didn't have a poisonous sandwich so he lived to tell the tale. Anyway, they sit down with their lunch bags and Gino begins to strategize again. He suggests they only need one of Team Cam to come over to his group and it will guarantee the other two playing the killer's game. Very clever. That's a great strategy. It's, it's fantastic. Because it just gets you through that day. If they can yeah. force two people to come last. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. And if one person had just moved away from that group. Yep. In the meantime, Chris and Lindsay are talking trust, and it's evident that both still have issues with one another. I, I do questionably trust you, but... <laughs> so far, you've been playing both sides, and they have confirmed to me that you have lied about certain things. We then move... It's flitting between the two groups, but in the next scene, Gino has the biggest balls I've ever seen. Oh, it's brilliant. And I'll cut in the audio of his proposal. Because they were all like, sort of scheming about it, and Gino was like, no. Leroy Jenkins this straight yeah. in. There are five of us, three of you guys. If one of you decides to walk back over here with me, that leaves two people that only have two investigation sites. Pretty much guarantees you're spared and the other two people fend for themselves. Cam speaks on behalf of the group and Gino challenges back. I thought Lindsay might actually be having second thoughts at one point. Yeah. Alas, Team Cam stick together. But this is, at this point, I mean, we've seen them go to the morgue 
uh, the the last scene and the, the they went to the horse, didn't they? They went to the horse, the stables, crime scene, the, the crime morgue, scene. and the last known whereabouts. Yeah. yeah. So they've been they've been in all these places, and Team Gino seem to have a idea of what happened, don't they? They're quite confident in what happened. Gino's seen the snake. They've obviously seen the bite mark in the, in his leg. Yes, as in they're com- they're confident at what happened, but yes, because when Gino goes, through, when, when, yeah. yeah, this is it. Well, this is what makes the episode a classic. Um, because when Gino goes over, he's going the full force of we're all safe here. The reason he's got the biggest balls is because he thinks, well, we've got it. We know yeah. exactly and what's this, going on. This is when we're going on later on this episode. It just swings again. It's just absolutely yeah. So Cam asks Gino what guarantee that he can provide. To which Gino says, I can only guarantee you safety for today. It turns out he couldn't do that, but <laughs> we'll move to that later. Cam is almost lost for words and can only say, see ya, see ya. <laughs> so he says it, cut that in. See ya. Who can, who can guarantee you anything more than that? See ya. But what really takes the, the cake is when Ronnie then chips in, Gino, have you had a scared card yet? Have I had a scared <laughs> card yet? And that really, really pisses Cam off. That's so that is good. funny. We're Gino, trying to work our case have you here. had a scared card? I've never had a scared card. That doesn't card. mean anything. Have I had a scared card? <laughs> When they head back to their own group, Ronnie praises Gino for how he conducted himself in front of Team Cam. And they now realise that he can actually focus at the ta- task in hand, bringing together all the tracks that they've been on. Um, and yeah, and this is where Gino opens by asking if there were snake bites on the left leg, because that's where the snake was. To which Dana tells him, no, they were on his right leg. Again, cuts back to Cam describing the snake to Lindsay, who's completely forgotten <laughs> the colours of the snakes, but she just remembers their names. That's not useful. No. Cam doesn't know the snake's name. He knows the colours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Mr. Slither. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, she does remember that the pink oleander flowers were the poisonous ones. Back with Gino, we hear them discussing the markings of the snake. Red to yellow, something dead, you're dead. I thought red touches the black, you're okay, Jack. I thought that meant it's not poisonous. Red to black, okay, Jack. Where are you guys getting this from? It's a little thing that you learn when you're a kid. If the red touches the yellow, you're a dead fellow. If the red touches the black, you're okay, Jack. The snake that Gino and Cam saw was red to black with white bits in between the black. Mm -hmm. You'd therefore assume that it wasn't a venomous snake. Melina confidently tells Ronnie that the king snake doesn't have white on it. Uh, yeah, no, it does. <laughs> <laughs> she suggests that Gino saw the eastern coral snake, which to Sasha's mind doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit with the riddle in all this. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of information to remember. But this is where we've said about, like, yeah, in each location, there was so much. But they only needed to remember a small piece. If they remember that, that plaque or that snake thing. And also yeah. the snake is so in your face. And the previous murders, the, the actual murder wasn't, was it, you know? No, no, So no, it's sure. so obvious that it, I mean, it's, the snake was a massive red herring straight away. Mm, mm. It's too obvious, wasn't it? Yes, and we get to that later because it surprises me no end that people still go with a snake bite. But yeah. we'll come to it. Chris decides to test Lindsay by not mentioning the pestle and mortar. Then if she still gets that information later on, she can tell if she's in cahoots with the other team. I think that's that's actually really clever. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Cam then mentions that it could be a nail with poison on, but he's dubious as to why the killer would choose poison two days in a row. Why, why doesn't Cam think that? Why does Cam suddenly think that? Oh, as in why does he think it's a nail? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because he was at the snake place. But then, yes, but he knows that there were nails found... He knows that there was a box of those 10 nails, because Chris has told him that, and that there were oleander flowers. Yeah. Anyway, as per usual, the riddle is going to be the key to it all. Giles is back to brief the group. Do you know what I like about the great outdoors? Absolutely nothing. In walks a horse, and attached to it is today's riddle. Once upon a time, eight 
followed a trail. If you choose the wrong path, you might just fail. If you take the right turn, your life it will save. If you take the wrong turn, it could lead to your grave. But try not to scare. Just look to the sky, and you're halfway there. Giddy up. As they all run off, we see three arrows, red, white, and blue. There are two main trains of thought, and I had exactly the same. It was either you've got to go right, because Giles said if you take the right turn, so immediately you think, yeah. oh, is it, is it right? And then there's also the blue arrow because of the blue sky. But I think, is it Gino says right's always right? I'm going to go right because right is right. Not this time. This, this time it was wrong. <laughs> Sadly wasn't. Lindsay decides that the white arrow points up, so she follows that. Initially, only Cam follows the correct arrow by choosing the blue sky one. Mm -hmm. Chris is again somehow ahead of everybody and reaches the clearing first, which makes it a bit suspicious. But again, it's that positive bias or confirmation bias that we think she's the killer. So everything yeah. she does is a bit it more sucks. suspect. Mm. There she finds a map with red X's on it and puzzle pieces, which when placed correctly will show guests where to head next. The small print on the map was brilliant as well. It said, not to scale and tree placement for artistic purposes only, which, which forces them to do the puzzle then because they can't think, oh, this is that tree on yeah, that yeah, yeah. It's all, about like the, it's all about the, yeah. It's about the puzzle. Cam is the first to solve the puzzle and arrives at the next location first. When he got there, I thought, he's got it. That's it, because yeah, I think Charles, absolutely. Charles, one of the first things Charles says is only one's allowed in. Yes. And I thought, oh, is yeah. he going to wait for other people to come or is he just going to go in? But Yeah, and then you find out that he gets two minutes to identify the murder weapon. Once the two minutes is up, he then joins the back of the queue and... They all take it in turns. Whoever's in the queue at the time yeah. will take it in turns and have two minutes each. Now, should they identify the correct murder weapon, the bell rings, the task is over. If their two minutes is up and they haven't identified the correct murder weapon, the bell rings and it's over to the next person. Cam enters first and is met by a floor covered in snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? There's a stool that says, place the murder weapon here. He's unlucky, really. His first thought was this plank of wood with a nail sticking through it. Yeah. So the first thing that Cam placed on there was what looked very similar to what ended up being the murder weapon, but wasn't the right thing. But at this point, he doesn't know about, like, they don't know about the uh, holes in his in Ulysses' jeans, no, does he? No, they assume that he's got marks on his back because that's what... Yeah, so so Cam had basically had it. But Cam's basically got it. Like, I was, I was impressed with him yeah. in... There's been a few times, though, where cameras work stuff out without having all the information. As all this is happening, Dana's still there trying to work out the puzzle and getting furious because she can't do it. I hate this thing. It's satanic. Flames are coming out the side of my face. I'm so angry at this puzzle. I cannot solve it for anything. I just want to set it on fire. They all eventually get a turn in the shed. Lindsay does exactly what I would have done and put a snake onto the stool, although it didn't help that she didn't know what she the snake looked snake. like so she yeah. picked one with red markings and put it onto the onto the stool ronnie knows it wasn't a snake that killed him so searches high and low for what could have been the weapon and still can't find it some of them have more than one turn as we see gino going twice followed by chris and in my opinion this is another part of the show where chris has been clearly told what to do next bear with me on this so they've all had more than one turn we know that because we've seen Gino in there twice and Gino was behind Cam. We, well, we know at least a few of them have had more than one turn. Yeah, so they've been there 15 so minutes. This is, yeah. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, the producers could have been there all day. We may have only seen a certain few things, but actually, 
Let me take you back to something that Cam did. Cam said, I'm searching for a nail. He put the wood onto the stool with a nail sticking out of it. And he said, I was looking for a nail because I think that's the murder weapon. Yeah, and didn't someone even but, put a single nail? Yes, on well, them? this is it. So, so, And that's Chris. So Cam couldn't find a nail, right? We know that he must have had two turns in there. So he, was, he said, I was looking for a nail. And he had at least four minutes in the shed and couldn't find a nail to put onto the stool. And yep. yet on Chris's second turn, she finds a nail two feet away from the stool. Bends down, picks up a nail and puts it onto the stool. Right? I'm certain that wasn't there when Cam was in the room. Otherwise, Cam would have picked that up and put it onto the stool. Yeah? Yeah, unless he just didn't show it. Cam I mean, would have or, seen it. Or it was just, you know... I think, though... I think a snake or something. I think this is just a distraction to make it look as though Chris was thinking along those lines rather than Chris just going, there's the murder weapon and putting it on. It's got her in that mindset of it could be a nail. Because and the then, fact she's in Cam's team as well. Well, yeah, because then she says... I see there's an obvious floorboard that immediately stands out to me. No, that... I didn't even see it when she looked at was it. not obvious, exactly. Because she had to pull it up and as well, didn't she? Not only it that, like it was hanging. Ronnie had given the shed a thorough going over. He had been... Yeah, he's every up. corner. He's like, I don't care about the snakes. He's looking everywhere and didn't spot that so-called obvious floorboard. So yeah. for Chris to just put a nail on after Cam has been searching for a nail and then to find an obvious floorboard when Ronnie hadn't spotted the floorboard and she manages to find the exact murder weapon without any doubt in my mind, she is the killer. She rips it up as well, doesn't she? Yeah, it's not like it's with hanging. some force. It's not, it's not up the other way around or hanging up. No. She has to get in there and pull it up. Anyway, that's my thoughts as to why Chris. And then is what? Then you think that they just risked the fact that when she, if she is the killer, she's always safe. So if she didn't find it, she would have been safe anyway. Yeah, of course. So, or she could have given herself a scared card and also, not acted on it. Yeah, Anything like maybe. that. But I think it got to a point where they're like, oh, hang on, no one's finding well, it. Everyone's, everyone's had Chris's, a chance here. Everyone's had a go or so two. So it, like, it looks like no one's got a clue. No, yeah. Chris, no, Chris can find it. Yeah. Anyway, when Chris leaves the shed. You can see how happy Lindsay and Cam are and how much of a blow it is to the other group. We now have the final get together before the guests need to state their case. Ronnie brings his team together to discuss the info that they do have as they were no further forward than they were earlier on as none of them know what the murder weapon is. At this point, it makes me wonder why they don't chat about what they can rule out as all of them would have put at least something onto that stool. Yeah. So at this point, to even suggest that the murder weapon is a snake would be absolutely nuts because surely Gino can tell them, look, none of the snakes in that room were the snake that I saw we at the thought, crime scene. So we couldn't have put it on. So we couldn't have put a snake on. Yeah. Was there any flowers? Like, you mean, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I know it was the, the, the flower resin that went on the nails, but there wasn't any, you know. There's still so much confusion between the snake Gino saw and the chart that Dana and Melina saw at the morgue. Ronnie makes the clearest point for it not being a snake bite. Would the killer take a chance on a snake moving down Ulysses' leg to bite it? Exactly. That could be a long-term thing. It might not even strike, you know? Chris tells Lindsay and Cam about the floorboard and reveals that she actually withheld that information earlier about the pestle and mortar and the flowers. And this brings everything all together. And now this team have absolutely everything they need to solve the case. Back in Team Ronnie, they are discussing the marks on Ulysses' leg. And Dana says that the marks were an inch or so apart. And Gino tells them that the coral snake was only as wide and wide mm -hmm. as his thumb. At this point, you know, you can absolutely rule out the snake because the snake's head could not cause the puncture wounds that Dana saw on the leg. Sasha decides, right, I've had enough. 
I'm going to go up to Team Cam and ask to talk to Chris. I mean, why not? You know, you've got nothing to lose at this point. I think it, it, this is where hasn't Sasha shared information with Chris in the past? Yes. So the day before, so she's Sasha looking shared for a the, bit for of information with Chris. That bit of, yeah. So when Sasha approaches, Cam gets a little bit butthurt, saying, here comes Sasha again. Sasha is coming again, because that's what she always does whenever we solve a riddle. Yeah, can you blame her, mate? You've got information she needs. There's no harm in trying. Of course she's going to approach the people that have got the information Yeah, she like needs. we said, it, this is a day-by-day thing, and I think sometimes, like Margino is, although he's in a, a, a harder position, like um, hierarchy position, you need just to get information anywhere you can. And if yeah. Sasha can get some information from Chris... Just to get her through that day, go yeah. for it. And and Chris is quite generous, does he well is. to give yeah. some information, but also maintains that trust with Sasha. Mm-hmm. She gives quite a lot away, really, if you're really clever about it. The fact that she said is basically forget the snake. Yeah, everything you need to know is in the, the stables. last known whereabouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, therefore, we can understand it's something to do with the name of the horse, the flowers, the pestle and mortar, and the nails. That's all you need to but know. Then, was the nails a, like when I first watched it? I didn't really think the nails was a big thing. Like, obviously, they, they referenced it and stuff, but I didn't think, oh, oh, it's definitely the nails. I just thought maybe that was more of a pro- like. It looked as though they'd been left over, or it was just that they... Because it's a real stable, and they've just dressed it for the show. So it could have just been that they were left. Ronnie decides he's going over too. Cam suggests that if it wasn't for Ronnie causing the original split, then there may be some negotiation. Although I think actually it's Cam that's solely responsible for how this has all panned out. Cam had his team day one, day one. in the, in the exactly. first 30 seconds. And it was Gino and Ulysses, weirdly. Yeah. And then yeah. Gino's the one that's sort of running the other team. I don't think it's really Ronnie's team anymore. It's more Gino's oh, team. Oh, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Chris is really eager to share information. He's getting all excited, like I want to tell. Now, I think this actually because she's a killer and she's got nothing to lose. But if it wasn't, I think maybe Chris is playing the game of, like, if I tell Ronnie some stuff, then... She can always get that information back. Yeah. And and Chris now, all right, we, we'd lose Sasha. So, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched it and just listening along. But I actually, like, it's genius on, on, on Chris's part because now Ronnie and Sasha are way more likely to share information with Chris later because she potentially saved them. Well, Chris actually did save Ronnie this time but we'll get onto it later on. Chris goes on to share half of the clue that she shared with Sasha with Ronnie, or, you know, that that information. Ronnie could have left by now and shared some of that information with the group. He just stays over there, lingers a lot, doesn't he? Sasha is extremely pissed off, but she doesn't realise that the information that Ronnie's getting is actually all the information that she's got. Ronnie is over there talking to them. I'm sure they told him something, but whatever it is... None of us will ever find out because once the bell rings, it's off to state your case. Do you think Ronnie's there just in case they just say something else to him? Do you know what I mean? Or just... And also, we don't know the time frame. Was he there for 10 minutes or was he there for two, like the last two minutes before the bell went? Yeah. Ronnie doesn't head back to his team before it the time It speaks volumes, that does, though, doesn't it? It does. The general consensus is that he's sold the group out now and it doesn't look good for him, does it? It really no. doesn't look good. Certainly not what a group leader should look like. And actually, Gino has still got the respect of the group, but, but Ronnie definitely doesn't anymore. He must have felt vulnerable enough to be like, well, this is my only chance to get information. Definitely. He, he must have thought, I don't have enough to go through. I'm a dead man. And at that point, you would do everything that you can. Mm-hmm. And fair play, he did. <laughs> Time is up, and now they need to state their case. At this point, I honestly, I'm sat here thinking, if anyone suggests that a snake killed Ulysses, they deserve to get a scared card. Yeah. We hear them state their case, and a few things really stand out. Gino, firstly, saying it was the snake. And that was just enough misdirection for uh, the special present that you left for Ulysses in his saddlebag. 
to strike. Where was the snake in that shed then when you were putting things onto the stool, mate? <laughs> come on. Sasha suggesting Ulysses chewed some tobacco laced with oleander. Yeah. Where did that come from? There's no like tobacco anywhere. There's nothing, oh, nothing on the Ulysses, floor. Ulysses, the famous tobacco chewer. Of the group. Yeah. What's going on there? Dana also suggesting it's a snake bite, despite Gino telling her that the snake that he found at the crime scene was only as big as his thumb or he had a head width the size mm -hmm. of his thumb. Lindsay says Ulysses was struck on the back. She didn't actually know about that leg wound, but you know she's done enough to survive the fact that she's saying it's nails on a board laced with oleander. She's definitely done enough. And I thought it was curtains for Melina because she says, Now how he got pierced on his leg with a pink oleander, I still don't quite understand. And normally in this process that we've seen, if you say you don't understand or don't know something, it normally leads to you getting a scared card. Yeah. I guess, though, that's still better what she said than saying that he was bitten by a snake. We now learn who all of them think is the killer. And since there are only eight left, we get to see them all. Melina thinks it's Chris. Sasha thinks it's Lindsay. Lindsay thinks it's Chris. Chris thinks it's Lindsay. Gino thinks Cam. Dana thinks Lindsay. Ronnie thinks Cam. And Cam thinks it's Gino. And he begs Gino to take Sasha next. Just do me a favor. Take Sasha next. We don't need her here. So no one no one voted for Ronnie then? No, so Lindsay is suspected by three people. Yeah. Chris and Cam are suspected by two people each. And Gino is only suspected by one person. It's funny though, because obviously Gino and Cam being the strong personalities, Chris being very... Suspicious. Suspicious and quite very strong, isn't she? Now she's coming to her own bit. But then you've got Lindsay on the opposite end of the spectrum that nicely... She's quite, she plays dumb quite well. I, I think, I honestly think that that's why they think Lindsay is, some of them think Lindsay is the killer. Three people think Lindsay is the yeah. killer. And it's, it's, it's three women that think Lindsay is the killer. And I think it's because they look and think, hang on a minute, she's not as bright as us. She doesn't follow along. And yet she still managed to get through every round without a scared card. So yeah, far. yeah, definitely. So I think that's the reason. Lindsay's sort of playing the role that I thought Chris would play. Just hang hang on the sidelines a bit. And as much as I do think it is Chris that's, that's the killer, I would love it to be Lindsay. That would be amazing. So Giles returns to the campfire and tells them that Chris has performed the best this time round. Congratulations. Chris. She had it all going for her, though, uh, since she managed to find the floorboard and she was also in the right location during the first three tracks. Chris is spared. Then Giles goes on to explain exactly what happened. I knew if I was going to kill Ulysses, there would be no horsing around. I had to do it on horseback in the nascent stages of our little outing together. It all started with my murderous concoction of oleander that I conveniently plucked from the horse stables. With mortar and pestle, I prepared my poison into a deadly dosage. With a plank of wood and two nails, I handmade a homemade snake weapon that could strike with a flick of the wrist, leaving small wooden splinters in the bite wound of his jeans. Maybe 
You unworthy adversaries were still distracted by my diversion when you first arrived by horseback. It was only a matter of seconds until the two-bit toxin kicked in. Causing Ulysses to fall off his horse, only to never get back in the saddle. A few of you were snake-bit when I hid a non-poisonous scarlet king snake in the left satchel only to find out that Ulysses was bitten on the right leg. Not that it mattered. There never was a real snake in the first place. Except for me. S sincerely yours. Your killer. You can tell by the look on the group's faces that a number of them are now concerned. Giles delivers their fate in the envelopes. Chris, we already know, is spared. Cam is spared, Lindsay is spared. So all of that group, we know first, that's a really good way of revealing it. Yeah. That Chris got commended by the killer. And then the next two people to open their envelopes were Cam and Lindsay. Sasha is the first to get a scared card and kicks right off, blames everyone apart from herself. See, I told you guys, I said when the red touches the black, it's okay, Jack. And everyone was like, no, 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 no. I know from as a child growing up in the South, you're taught when the red touches the yellow, you're a dead fellow. When the red touches the black, you're okay, Jack, meaning it's safe. And you told me the red was touching the black. Melina, you said it was definitely poisonous. So basically I got everything wrong. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how she can blame anyone else. No. She, she's got the same information, if not more, because she was told by Chris, Chris that it was all in that. Yeah. And then she went on to say chewing tobacco. But she wasn't in, she wasn't in the stable, was she? she? She wouldn't have known about the nettles. No, no, that's true. Wait, where was she? She must have been at the morgue. No. no, no where was she? She was at the stables. She was at the stable. She was at the stable. She saw everything. Just Chris, Ronnie and Sasha. Well, yeah, yeah. So she would have seen the nettles and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, so Chris tells her that. Yeah, yep. where, where's his chewing tobacco then at the stable? Yeah, no, I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And Sasha knew about the two holes. Surely she'd have put two and two together and thought nails administered holes. The, for those. That's holes. all she had to say. She had to say nails, holes, yeah, and that plant. Ronnie is spared, and he's now aware that he's going to look like a right sellout to yeah. the rest of which them. he did. Rich, he, but he I, did, I mean, yeah. I still love the guy. I mean, he's had to do yeah, what he's had to do. He has, but also he didn't gain any further information. He no, did not take anything to be back. Fair, and although this is more in the eye of the of the group, what about that first riddle that he basically single handedly solved? Yet everybody jumped in on that on his clue. Yeah, Pick, picked up the slingshot. Sorry, yeah. the, the uh, rocket. Was it called <laughs> the wrist rocket? The wrist rocket. Not only that, he also at this point he knows that those three. Cam, Chris, and Lindsay are definitely going through. He knows that he's one of five people that could be going out. Yeah. So by not going back to the group, he's actually got that more information. And also, his, is he now gaining some more trust back from Cam by sticking around that group? Because he knows, I mean, it's a quarter of a million dollars at the end of the day. At this point in the competition, you don't need to be 
no, that it's friendly. getting so it's getting, the, the group's getting so small now mm. that it's going to be dog eat dog very soon. Very soon it has to be. Yeah, yeah. Melina gets a spared card. I'm happy about that. I really like Melina. She's still a bit sus though, isn't she? She no, Melina's definitely sus. Yeah, absolutely. Dana is scared and drops her card into the fire. She didn't drop it. She throws it, doesn't she? In, in, in like, disgust. Yeah, she's thrown it into the fire. I just hope that there's not like, oh, I've only got three of those. Can you can you get it yeah, back? Yeah, we, we actually recycle them every time. <laughs> Under normal circumstances, you'd think that's it. Gino's still to open his envelope, but normally only two people are up for elimination. But it turns out Gino gets a scared card Brilliant. too. And this is ace. This is exactly what the series, or yeah, this is what the episode needed. Gino thinks that Ronnie offered the team up, and that's big, considering the main personal that the leader of that group mm-hmm. now thinks that the former leader of that group offered the rest of the team up then next week's going to be really exciting since the horses have gone they've been told by giles if they want to go back to the manor they need to hoof it killer has taken away our four-legged transportation anybody who wishes to return to rue manor has no choice but to hoof it Back at the manor, Dana is exhausted both spiritually and mentally. I really regret coming to Rue Manor. Oh, I'm so miserable. Came four days, five days. Spent one of those eight camping. <laughs> and eating all that lavish food as well. Yeah. I mean, and trying not to get murdered, but that's, I mean, as long true, as the food's true. free, then. Yeah. Looks good. Yeah, the Saw movies would have been very different, wouldn't they, if you had like a roast dinner at. <laughs> yeah. What was on the, uh, what was in the sandwiches again? Cold cuts. Cold cuts of what? Mountain lion? <laughs> of like Don. We, we, we gave him too much tranquilizer. He didn't actually wake up. <laughs> Sasha suggests that it's tough because if she doesn't go, it's Gino or Dana, which will still be awful. And Gino surprises us all by having a little cry. I want to be here more than anything. I want to win this game more than I want my next breath. I think he just owes someone money. I think, I think he's that desperate for this prize money, and that's why he's crying. It's nothing to do with the process. Yeah, it's very the loan much, sharks are on the way. <laughs> my life is in danger. I want my knees. I'm either getting murdered here or getting murdered in real in life. Real life. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning, oh, this is amazing. We hear the eerie music playing as guests wake up, and they head downstairs, and it's Gino initially to find well, Sasha yeah, and Dana. Well, 100% they've said to Gino to go down first. Get up and, and, and go and see this, yeah. And Sasha and Dana's corpses are propped up at the piano. How are they not laughing? That's so creepy. I think they must have been about the sixth or seventh take. Well, I couldn't go on a show like this, because if I was in the morgue, or if I was killed, well, I'm not going to be killed, I'd win it, but... <laughs> <laughs> If I we'll soon find out. <laughs> if I was in the morgue or had to be propped up, like I'm laughing my ass off. When like, someone tries to roll you over on a morgue table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what is extra amazing about this is that um not only is it creepy as shit, but a double elimination. Yeah. And that's brilliant. Good. It's a good like I mean we're just over halfway, aren't we, really? Yeah, we've but got it's, it's four a big episodes like left it's now. a big bang and that was a big bang. Mm. And, then, and also Sasha, who was previously quite strong quite strong but also deserved it in terms of her yeah. sassiness and her attitude and then i also don't want to touch too much on next week's episode looks mental looks like proper psychopath next week's episode it does look absolutely mental where there are weird doll-like versions of the guests yeah. what we can absolutely clarify at this point is that the people that they use in the morgue settings 
uh, and where they prop the bodies up are 100% the people. Yeah. Because if you look at the state of those mannequins that they've made based on the guests, they are <laughs> The budget's gone, has <laughs> Yeah, they spent it all on the, panther, the, the, the mountain lion the week before. It was on the mountain lion, and it was on the fact that they're hiring like Airbnb in this whole manner, right? <laughs> and, and that stunt horse. Yeah, and Giles, <laughs> mate. He's like, What's his real accent? <laughs> oh, we, well, we get a call with him. Yeah. We get a call with him. Definitely. We see Ulysses at the end, and he says, My advice to everyone else is don't trust anyone. Everyone is lying. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. I thought he was going to go full murder game on us. Suspect everyone. Trust no one. Brilliant. Now, we don't need... It's, nothing's going to change my mind now until she dies. Chris is the killer. Oh, yeah. No question in my but this mind. Is, right, this is right. What annoys me about this, and it's our own fault, is people will listen to this, and we called this like episode one or two. Yeah, but people have been following our journey. Yeah, but like, it's it's reinforcing the fact that we haven't we haven't looked this up. Do you no, mean? And no. that's how confident I am the fact that she's the killer. It's because I don't want people to be like, oh, you fucking looked it up, oh, and all this. It's like, no, we really haven't. Yeah, like, no. And, and also, what a complete media whodunit blackout. A complete blackout. Do you know what annoys me is when I saw a, I saw, when I was on this episode, yeah. I saw a glimpse of the next episode because the YouTube thumbnail for the next episode, yeah. and I can see Melina there, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't want to know that. But you can't help it when you're clicking through YouTube. Yeah, so you knew Melina would survive this episode. I knew Melina was going through. It does my head in. Yeah, so re-upload and just put like a few seconds of just put the mountain line on every on every on everyone on everyone. Put Don on every on everyone as the thumbnail (laughs) with his uh, with his uh, football. (laughs) What I am really looking forward to is seeing how the teams work now. So we've got Cam, Chris, and Lindsay versus Ronnie, Gino, and Melina. Cam, Chris, Lindsay, Ronnie, Gino, and Melina, and that is the battle of all battles. Oh, Jesus, right? So Melina will be with Gino, hundred percent. Yeah, Melina and Gino. Chris will be with Cam. Yeah. Lindsay's got no reason to move away from Chris and Cam. No, and and Ronnie is now left a bit. Ooh, oh, it's going to be interesting. To but see then Cam. again, it's one of those where Ronnie's so strong. If I was Cam, be like, come over here. He's yeah, so strong. But if if you look at the next, I think I think I think Ronnie's up to something because if you look at where it says next time, he's not killing people, is he? Who said that's Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie is handing. I think it's Melina. Oh, Ronnie like a is note behind a him. note behind his back. As I do, you think he's double agent? Um, I hope so. Oh, I'd I love really it. Hope so. so he's in with Cam, but he's like. Oh, I'd love that, but feeding the other team information. But then you can't do that at this point. You've got to do everything for yourself. Maybe feeding them bullshit information. That'd be even better. But if anything, he's got more allegiance to Melina and Gino. Like Certainly, 100%. And he's got to convince them that he didn't sell them He had to do what he had to do. And he he didn't either. So I didn't think I'd ever find myself saying this. (laughs) I I thought you were going to say some mad word then. Ollivander, whatever it's called. No, that's the bloke who just sells wands. He's, he's, he's a wand seller. <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever find myself saying this, but Oleander, no. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'd ever find myself saying this, but I don't hate Cam as much as I previously I, did. I think his motives are becoming a lot more clearer. Yes. He's still been a bit of a dick, and I don't necessarily like his attitude, but I'm glad... Certainly in this episode, that Lindsay, Chris and Cam came out on top for balance because it would have been a shame to lose two people from Team Cam 
And then I, I guess it would have been equally as interesting as exciting. But now we've got three on three almost with the t- split between the two teams. I actually think um, I don't want Cam to win, put it that way. I still really want Gino to win. Do you want Gino to win, do you? I think so. I, I want I want Shay Ronnie to win. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love Lindsay to win as well. Even Melina. I don't... I think it's just I want Cam to win the least. Okay, so in your in your heart, who yeah. do you want to win? I think I've taken to Gino the most. Okay, I'm going to say Ronnie. Yeah. Okay. And then and then Melina, you know. Yeah, Melina or Lindsay next for me, just not Cam. Then right. So for your head, then who do you think is going to win in your head? Um, I mean, it's Cam, it's Cam Gino, or Ronnie again. It's the yeah, three I, strongest. Yeah, I, I and think, that's taken away Chris because she's the killer. Yeah, Chris, Chris, Chris can't win or lose. She's the killer because she'd be in the bottom two as well. If she wasn't the killer, her and Cam are the two people I don't want to win. How funny it's going to be listening back to this when it finds out that Lindsay's the killer. With her, like, Chris, <laughs> Lindsay's, Chris, 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 yeah, Chris. Yeah. Lindsay's the killer and Chris wins. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it for another episode. If you're still with us, thanks for listening. Join us again next time for episode six where we investigate the creepiest murders so far.